This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before we start the show, I have a gift for you, my top five productivity tips for solopreneurs. To get them, go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com. And it's possible that I over-delivered, and you'll have to find out for yourself. Just go to top5productivitytips.com. He's an entrepreneur and business exit specialist with 30-plus years of experience in starting, buying, and exiting companies. He's also an expert witness, an author, a podcaster, speaker, and a business coach. Marvin Storm, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Kind of excited to have this chat today. Now, I have never had a an expert exit. <laughs> tough tiny guy. I can't even say the word. It's a tongue twister to say exit specialist on the show. And, and I, and it's a topic I'm very interested in because no one gets off this planet alive. And I don't think enough people are thinking about, Hey, eventually I may want to retire. Eventually I may want to travel the world. Eventually, well, I'm going to die. And how do I exit? So I'm really looking forward to our time together. Well, I'm great. Uh, I think that's a question that uh, comes up all the time. You know, people uh, spend a lot of time thinking about how to get into a business, how to expand their business, how to scale it, how to grow it. Uh, but they don't give 10 minutes to thinking about how they're going to monetize all this hard work, sometimes decades and even a lifetime of hard work when they eventually uh, decide to step away from their business. Until maybe, oh, I'm going to quit next week. Uh-oh, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> That that may seem like a facetious statement, but uh, that's not too far from the truth. Wow. So, what can we do now? You know, because obviously, I can't know who's listening to this conversation. I don't know where they are. Are they just starting their business? Are they thinking about starting a business? Are they halfway through their journey? But let's assume they're listening to the show and they're like, "I've never even thought about exiting." What What are some things they should do right now? instead of waiting another day? Well, one of the things and questions I get often, I reflect back to uh, a conversation. I was kind of a part of a, a mastermind, you know, group conference type of breakout session uh, years ago uh, when I was didn't have as much gray hair as I have right now. And there was a gray hair in the room that uh, we got to talking about selling businesses. And I had a business at the time that I uh, was – kind of thinking about that and stepping away from that business. And and he made the comment that I, I bought into. Uh, he made the comment that, you know, if you have a great business, uh, the exit will take care of itself. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. You know, build, just focus on building a good business. And I thought, hey, that makes a lot of good sense, you know. And uh, I, I sort of bought into that philosophy. Uh, but over the years, I've learned that while that may sound good, an actual practice, it doesn't really work out very well for those that focus on growing and selling their business. There is a specific process uh, that you have to follow to be able to maximize the value of that business because it's a different skill set that you use in growing and marketing and you know scaling your business. Uh, it's just different because there are certain rules that need to be applied. You need to really start thinking like a buyer of a business instead of uh, 
you know, what most entrepreneurs do and founders, they focus on, you know, about how much money they're going to get out of their business, not really walking around to the other side of the table and asking themselves, you know, if a person was going to write a check for the business that I want them to write, what are they going to have to see? And uh, when you put on the hat of a buyer, your whole perspective changes. And some of the things that you need to deliver when you're going to be asking someone else to write that check uh, can't be created overnight. Very interesting. Uh, let me ask you this. You may not know this information, but I this thought as you were talking there came to my head. What percentage of people would you say have no exit plan? Well, it's interesting. There has actually been studies, uh, surveys done on, on that very topic. Uh, amazingly enough, between 80 and 85% of entrepreneurs out there don't have a definitive exit strategy in place. They uh, have an idea of what their business may be worth, and that idea is generally grossly over-exaggerated, and they really believe their business is worth a whole lot more than it is. And I understand that because they've put so much blood, sweat, and tears into their business. Uh, they've worked on it for decades. Uh, it's a part of who they are. It's part of their pers- you know, their whole identity. And so the thought uh, that their business uh, might not be worth uh, as much as they think it just doesn't show up on their radar. They just think it's worth a whole bunch of money. Now, I'll confess on my show that I have never thought about this until I saw you on my schedule. And I'm like, wow, this is uh, I mean, I'm 56 young, 56 years young. I feel I feel very vibrant. I feel very much alive. But the point is, I'm not promised another minute and I haven't even given a thought of an, an exit strategy. And I know I have full confidence that most people listening to this conversation, uh, they go, hmm, never really thought about it. Cause you said 80 to 90%. That's a lot of people. And one day we're not going to exist anymore. And what happens to our business? I mean, is it going to go on? I, if you've got a lot of content, like I follow Grant Cardone, he's got a lot of content that if he passes on, you know, he's got a company and the company can continue to go. But a lot of people listen to my show are either solopreneurs like myself, or they're very small teamed entrepreneurs, and they may not have the wherewithal to continue on. And I think that it's kind of like, Renters insurance. When you buy a home, you get insurance. But when you have an apartment, a lot of people don't think about that. I think exit strategy is the same way. We don't stop and think about it. We just, hey, I'm working today. I'm going to work tomorrow. I'm going to work for another 40 years. But at some point, you're not going to be able to do the business anymore. And that's not the time to start thinking about an exit strategy. Well, it's not the time to start thinking about it when the time arrives. Uh, but when you step step back and really take a look at uh, what a business consists of and who's going to step into the chair if you aren't there, there's only really three, maybe four things that can happen to a business. You either have a succession plan, you have a, a family member, you have an employee, a management team, someone that is familiar with the business that you know uh, that will pick up the ball and, and carry it after you decide to step away. Or you're going to sell it to a third party. You're going to, to sell it to someone that you don't know. And there's a whole different process and uh, procedure in place for that type of buyer. 
or you're going to wind it down. Uh, you've mentioned a lot of your audience may be solopreneurs and a lot of the thought process when you think you are the business, you are the expert, you are the person that makes the rain and delivers the service and sells the product. Uh, and that without you, nothing really happens. And you may just think when, when it comes time to uh, exit the business, I'm just going to wind it down. And, uh, or, you know, you are forced into it, an involuntary wind down when you are market changes and you can't meet your obligations and you have to step away from the business because it's, it's struggling. So, uh, the other option is you're going to live forever and that's <laughs> not much of an option, you know? So no one, only one person I know that, uh, pulled that off, you know, yep. so, um, <laughs> you know, there is, um, that whole thought process of, you know, I, I, have, I am the business, I, I am the person that, and who's going to, I'm not going to be around, so who would want to buy the business? Mm -hmm. And that's a valid concern, and if that's the structure, but it doesn't have to be that way. You mentioned Grant Cardone. You know, he's created uh, an identity, a brand. He's created content. He's created something that will outlive him. And that doesn't necessarily happen by accident. I'll, I'll give you an example. On my podcast, I interview business intermediaries. Uh, the podcast is called Business Exit Stories. And I talk to people that actually make deals happen. And I was um, uh, talking to someone, and they mentioned the whole thought process of a solopreneur who didn't believe he had a lot of value in the business. And he just happened to be a personal friend of a mergers and acquisition specialist. And when he found out that he was thinking of winding down his business and selling his assets, he was done. He was in his 60s. He had had a good run. He'd made a boatload of money on the way because his expertise and value was very high. He had a website. He had a database of a lot of his customers. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was just going to sell off his computers and office equipment and some specialized equipment that he had. And, and he thought he may get $25,000, $30,000 and, uh, Stock, socked away money in his retirement plan. So he was set and he, that was his vision of how he was going to step away from his business. Well, once the uh, M&A specialist found out what he was doing, they went out for lunch and he said, you know, let me, let's chat a little bit about your business. And they chatted and he said, you know, you have a lot of this, what I refer to as intangible assets. You, you have this brand, you have this website that you've created. You have all this, uh, customers and database of people that respect you and you're well known in the industry that's all valuable although it isn't hard assets it isn't something you can you know really identify by having a, a serial number on them that you're going to sell those hard assets off uh, there is a lot of value there and he said if you'll allow me I will do some homework and see who out there may be interested in that and to make a long story short uh, they were able to sell his database and his website for between three and four hundred thousand wow. dollars. Uh, something that he was going to get, what he thought he would get, would be twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars. So he had more than a ten x return <laughs> by just someone that understood what the value of what he had created was, and it was intangible. It wasn't uh, really something that he could identify and never really thought about. And so, you know, you look at that, you look at, you mentioned this, I'll go back to your example of Grant Cardone. Uh, 
you know, people can step into your shoes. And if you want to create something like that, that's the type of thing that you have to think of in advance so that you can create something that has uh, value beyond your involvement in the business. And amazingly enough, most solopreneurs, if they really sat down and strategized and thought about it, they could create this value. They could have someone step into their shoes down the road, but it takes planning. It it doesn't happen overnight. The Productive Life, a membership for solopreneurs, will help you gain confidence and clarity, show you how to deal with overwhelm, and teach you how to get and stay focused. To find out more and to sign up, visit theproductivelifemembership.com. You know, you said a lot there that is real powerful, and I know it's resonating with the listener because it's resonating with me because we don't stop and think. Like, I've got well over a 1,000 episodes of the podcast. I mean, they're all gold. Every one of my guests, including yours, you've already delivered tons of value today. I mean, there's a lot of value there. I've got, you know, posts on social media is never going to go away. My blog posts and my books and my courses, that's never going to go away because it's already done and already out there. Now, I won't be able to do live training when I pass on, obviously. That'd be really weird if I was, you know, don't do that. If you're you're listening to the show and you die and you have some stuff in the can, make sure you don't go online and say hey it's really me yeah my death was that was that quote by um uh mark twain i think it was it's like the the reports of my death are gradually exaggerated if you're dead don't put your uh recording the pre-recorded stuff as you're live that's kind of morbid in my opinion well you know it does have value content does have value if you have timeless concepts if you have value that you've delivered that is not going to be tied to any specific time frame and that the principles have enduring value you know that can be passed on and you just need to think about it you need to, to develop a strategy of how that works and people can carry on and promote and uh, market that value, you know, how, fr- how to win friends and influence people, yes. you know, you know, that still is valuable today. You know, Napoleon Hill and his, uh, books that he wrote, uh, those things are still, uh, uh, valuable today. And that's the type of content that uh, outlasts and is enduring. And uh, the people that are delivering that content, that are monetizing that content today, have nothing to do with the individual that developed it. It's that the value is in the content and then the principles that are enduring. And I feel, you know, the people who are doing current stuff, like how to use Instagram in December of 2021, that obviously probably won't carry on in the future because there's no guarantee Instagram is going to be around. But like Grant Cardone teaches sales, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk teaches how to, you know, how to, you know, build influence on social media, but it's not specific to a platform. And I think you, you need to have current events. You need to have people talking about what's going on right then and there. But to your point, that may not carry as far as if someone's doing something evergreen, like how to be productive, how to buy real estate, how to do, you know, sales that, you know, you're going to have the, the, the idiosyncrasies that are for that per certain period of time, but it's going to carry on forward. Matter of fact, I just recently watched a, a, uh, a training from Grant Cardone. He did in 2018 
that is about how to have your best year ever. And the training doesn't talk about the year 2019. Everything you talked about could be used 2019, 2021, 2029. It doesn't matter because it's evergreen. He specifically didn't say, okay, to have the best 2019, he said the best year ever. And I think if you're listening to this, if you're a solopreneur, you're an entrepreneur, try to create content that is as evergreen as possible so that when you do your exit strategy down the line, Okay, they say, okay, this stuff is, is very specific to a period of time, but this the content over here is evergreen, and that way it can carry forward. I, and tell me if I'm wrong on that. You are not wrong on that at all. It's all about the principles. It's all about the positioning. It's all about creating a strategy that has uh, the ability to endure and be perpetuated. And a lot of people I know that I've talked to and coached, they all come back, especially those that have small operations. They are the rainmaker. They are the content developer. And it's hard for them to get their head around, you know, how do, how do I actually monetize that if I personally am not going to be there? And that's just a, another positioning strategy of how you monetize that. The first thing that any, I don't care if you're selling widgets, <laughs> any type of service or product, if you are the person that makes things happen, you have a bucket of people that are going to be interested in the service that you have. And if, if you have to be there every day and you work that 10, 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week, and you are the person that makes things happen, well, the type of people that are going to be able to step in and would be interested in acquiring your business is a relatively small bucket of people. However, if you can replace yourself through the operations of your business with a good general manager, operations manager that works behind the scenes while you devote time to content and growing and selling and marketing the business, that's the division of responsibilities that the business operates and you don't have to be there every day. And so when you can start to create that type of structure, management structure, that you have just one other person that takes care of the back room, the operations type of the business, the window or the pool of buyers that would be interested in that type of business uh, increases exponentially. There's a whole lot more buyers out there that are that aren't business specific. They don't have a specific expertise in that business, but they're good business managers and operators and marketers. And if they have someone to take care of the operations and the expertise of the businesses, a lot more people are interested in that type of business. And then if you can actually move up and create, you know, a buyer profile where you have developed some really great operation operating metrics and are making good money in your business and you have the operations taken care of and you have a management team in, taken care of, the you not only have a bigger bucket, you have a bathtub full of people that are interested in acquiring businesses that are uh, financially rewarding and create a good return on investment. And then... If you can position your business to be of interest to a strategic buyer that is not necessarily interested in what you do and how much money you're making, but that your product or service fits into their business. You know, they have a 10,000 customers that are buying red widgets and you happen to have a blue widget. 
And the customers that would be interested in the blue widget already have bought the red widget. Mm. And so they would be interested in paying a whole lot more money because they can get a return on what they pay you so they can offer that red widget, that blue widget to their red widget customers. And they, I have, again, back going back to my podcast, I have stories where people have gotten 10x return where they had a buyer, a financial buyer to their business that was going to offer X. And a strategic buyer showed up on their radar that they really wanted that business because of the strategic fit. And they found out that there were some other strategic buyers interested in the business. And so they opened up their checkbook and paid 10x for that business because of the strategic fit. So you have these different types of buyers that look at businesses. And so, you you know, lightning may strike that you get dumb lucky and find that strategic buyer, but generally that is a very planned and strategically positioned exit that you have thought about. It doesn't happen magically. But it, 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 and you can position if you get the right invo- advisors involved, you know, you can position your business to be uh, appealing to different types of buyers. And it really depends on your individual situation, which is the best for you. Now, I said in the intro that you were an expert witness. Now, usually when people hear the term expert witness, it's usually at a criminal trial. That's not the kind of expert witness you're talking about, right? Or is it? Well, it's not criminal, but it's litigation. Okay. Uh, you know, you have all sorts. And then I had a specific expertise in scaling businesses and valuation of businesses, specifically in a, 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 a vertical that I had a deep amount of knowledge in sitting on different sides of the table. I've been an expert witness for plaintiffs and an expert witness for defendants defense, you know, attorneys. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, called in and, and asked to give testimony on, you know, you know, various aspects of a transaction and how it would be valued or how the business would have, should have operated. And it didn't. Wow. Very interesting. Well, before we wrap up today, is there anything else that you think that would benefit the audience that's on your heart that you want to share with us? Well, I just think that this whole discussion has been fascinating from the perspective that, you know, you, the first thing that you have to do, the absolute first thing is you need to start thinking about a timeline. You know, it can be five years, it can be 10 years. In fact, I get asked all the time, you know, uh, why? I'm just growing my, I've just started, I'm just starting to grow my business. How, why in the heck would I want to think about uh, exiting the business five or 10, 15, 20 years down the road? It's not about the time that you invest in thinking about selling your business. It's a thought process. Mm -hmm. You think differently when you have a goal. You would never go on vacation not knowing where you were going and where you're going to stay and what you're going to see and when you're going to get back. You just wouldn't do that. But yet people will wander back aimlessly forward, you know, growing a business, not really knowing what the end game is be. You just need to start thinking about it. That's my big takeaway. I think if you have a business, I don't care what size it is, mm-hmm. just yourself and your home office, or if you have a lot of employees, the same principles apply. You know, I have a monthly membership program and I don't just show up on the monthly training and go, well, um, I think I'll talk. I have a plan. So Listener, you're already planning your day, your week, you're planning your vacation. All Marvin is saying is, hey, as you're planning everything else, 
plan your exit strategy. That, that's all he's saying. Don't don't overcomplicate this. Just begin to think about an exit strategy because, like we said in the beginning, no one gets off this planet alive. You're eventually going to go to the great unknown, or if you're Christian, you know where you're going. Hopefully, you're going to the right place. You're going up the up up elevator, not the down elevator. But just start thinking about it, okay? Don't don't think it's all going to work out. It's it may not work out. So think about it in advance. So Marvin, I know you got people thinking. I can I can sense them through the airwaves that they're going. Huh? Never thought about this. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, my recommendation is uh, I have this podcast called A Business Exit Stories. It's, it's four transactions on every podcast, real transactions about real people, a couple of transactions that went sideways, blew up, and maybe sold, maybe didn't get sold, uh, and a couple that went well and were kind of home runs. And why? What are the takeaways? And just listen to those. If I'd have had that earlier in my career, it would have made a big difference in my thought process and what could and couldn't happen and what I needed to be thinking about. And I also have a report that, uh, you know, people out there that are just getting into this frame of mind of thinking, uh, just go to business exit stories forward slash report. And it's a PDF you can download and uh, it will be of, uh, of interest in how you can actually double or triple or quadruple uh, the value of your business if you do a few key things. Wow. Well, you got me thinking. I know you got the audience thinking. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today because this is the topic that every solopreneur and entrepreneur really needs to think about. So thank you so much for being here. All right. Well, it's been great to chat. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.